concert. That's nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So then, so the Instagram thing, you just hit me up and I, then I just like opt in somehow. Yeah. And I'll be on humanizing the icon. Um, So I go, is that where, yeah. So yeah, you'll see me go live and then you request to join and I'll accept you and I'll, I'll walk you through it. Like right as I'm doing it, you'll know. Okay. Yeah. I started recording because I liked what you were saying about the C. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. C is a great word. Do you know what a pirate's favorite letter is? C. (laughs) R. R. You go either way. If somebody says C, you say R. If somebody says R, you say the C. Ah, uh, okay, perfect. <laughs> That's good. Dad jokes. So you're a comedian too. It's good. C, comedian. Yeah. See? <laughs> there you go. It all works. It all works. Okay, so we are recording on Zoom, and this is um, the episode for the episode that ends up on the YouTube channel, Humanizing the Icon. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to... Um, so I don't know if you have Facebook open on your computer, but if you, if you do, um, I think you accept it. It'll go onto your timeline too. This, what I'm about to do, um, which is pretty, which is pretty cool. And then if you do have it on your timeline, you just make sure that it's muted. Um, and I'm about yeah. to go live, so I haven't done it yet, but I'm about to go live on Facebook. Okay. All right. Where do we even go? Oh, there you go. You click on the button that says live. Don't click on it, though. Don't click on it? No, wait until I go live. Perfect. And, and I'll tag you, and then... There you go. It's all happening. Um, Preparing live streaming preview. It's preparing. And then it's going to ask me a question. Okay. Say something. All right. Shelia. And then, all right, cool. Live with me. Okay, so I'm about to go live on Facebook. It's happening right now. All right. I think we are live. I'm just gonna open up my timeline and make sure. Okay, cool. So we are. Page. So am I in on the on the Facebook side? Yeah, I don't know if you. I, I don't know if you have to accept it or if it automatically goes there. Do you see on your timeline if it's there? Yeah, let me just um, share the that. other people I've done it. It seems like it might just automatically, but I'm not sure. You might have to accept it or something. Oh, you shared the video. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
So there's that. And it sounds like your timeline, the chat's muted, so that's good. Yeah. Are you so, ready? Yeah, I just have you on Zoom audio. So then we go. So now I'm going to start the Instagram piece. <laughs> and then I'll figure out how to set up my phone. Okay, cool. All right, so I am. And I just started using my non-person, this page, which is really cool. Okay, so I'm going live on Instagram. I am now live. Do you see or? Humanizing the icon? Yeah, that one. Oh, there we are. Okay, so now this audio goes down. Yeah. Okay, so did you request to join me? Sounds like there's like three, four seconds lag. Oh, yeah, there is. There is, yeah. But. Oh, when but, did we go? Okay. So I'm going to request you. And then once we go live on Instagram, we can turn our volume down on the computer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we did, we did all the things. Yeah, all the things and it worked. Wow. It is currently working. So seamless. Just getting this phone to sit up there correctly. All right, everyone. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready, let's do this. Are you settled? <laughs> okay. I'm settled. It's like you have an audience to play to. So you can like go to Instagram, <laughs> you can go to your computer. It's like you get to work yeah. the room. Kind of cool. <laughs> it's like different people in the room, you get to look over and be like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know, you That's know, cool. who's looking back at you. So it's pretty fun. Exactly. Um, how are you? I'm doing very well. Yeah, I've been keeping really busy. Um, trying to keep balance between just being busy with uh, a lot of film stuff, a lot of social media stuff, a lot of twin babies and four-year-old daughter. And Whoa. also trying to, you know, then keeping my, my health and my cardiovascular and all that kind of stuff up. You know, quarantine's great. <laughs> have you you've been home more i take it or are you still traveling a bunch you know i travel with my family so oh, nice. um and i work from home so it hasn't been much different to be perfectly honest it's actually the way that it's been different is is i i know what's going on i know it's affecting mm -hmm. a lot of people and so um i've just been using my voice more using my voice to um yeah, bring a little bit of inspiration to what other people are seeing is a really messed up and uh, dark situation. I, I see it totally different. And I'm just trying to express what I'm seeing in the films and the stuff that I'm doing. So yeah, we're on the same page there. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, good. We, we need more we need more believers. And it's not it's not a believing it's a knowing. Actually, It's a knowing exactly. Yeah. Because it's not a hoping that it'll come from the outside. It's a knowing we build it. And, and I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of getting my hands dirty and helping build the world that we will inherit. And it's happening. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that are kind of in freeze mode, a lot of people in fight mode. And I'm like, 
let's take it from Will Ferrell and let's just have a dance off. Like there's, there's something better that wants to happen than what everybody has in their mind. It mm -hmm. seems. Yes, 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 yes. And so at, before we dive in, I just want to, um, First, let people on Instagram know that Chelio Bourdine is in our Zoom room and we will post the art later, but he's going to be channeling our chat into live art. He's a perception artist from Italy um, and is super talented. So we're very excited. Hi, Chelio. And you're on Facebook, so. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you, Stuart. Hi. I don't know if he's Hi. muted, maybe, so. Okay, I think you're muted, so we'll just let you start your drawing. <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay, great. Well, I mean, I just would love to start with why I reached out to you and what I felt the connection was there. Um, because I discovered your work during this quarantine period, if that's, right. if that's what we're calling it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was on Gaia one, like, rainy day in LA and just wanted to kind of watch something um, that resonated with where I'm at in my journey. And just, um, I think the first thing that drew me in was the artwork of Esoteric Agenda, the first one. Um, so I turned it on knowing nothing about you or it and really loved it. It really spoke to me and it was made what like 12 years ago that first one yeah, yeah it was made in um 2000 well i was building it in 2007 it came out in 2008 so yeah 12 years ago yeah and it's super timeless and it felt like the present and so it was it was interesting to discover um when you actually did that and then i binge watched which anyone that knows me knows I never do. I haven't seen a show or a series or anything in like 20 years and I'm not exaggerating. Um, I watched the other two movies that you made the same weekend. And uh, it was just powerful to discover your connection to art and like how you kind of bring it all together in a way that feels really down to earth at least to me it feels really down to earth and i just want to point out one thing which was that there's a line in in the in esoteric agenda um that's in my movie and in my movie about mary pickford the, the mother of hollywood okay. <laughs> um which was a spoken word line in an erica badu track about the frequency of fear and the frequency of love I don't know where anyone got it or how it originated, but it's the same line. And so I felt like a kindred spirit in this with you. I like paused it and rewound it. And I was like, wow, it's so cool, you know, because frequency is such a tangible thing to me where it's so abstract to so many people. And I want to talk to you about frequency and what that means to be a vibrational being and how frequency of fear is a lot lower than frequency of love. So I want to like touch on that and then just let people know Esoteric Agenda 2 is out and it's new and um, I've noticed it off, on YouTube, off YouTube, on YouTube. I'm curious about that. Um, 
So I guess I'll open it up to you and let's talk about those things. Um, the process of Esoteric Agenda 2 and then the frequency line and all that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll start on Esoteric Agenda 2. It's funny because um, it's funny that you found Esoteric Agenda 1 while I was working on Esoteric Agenda 2. Um, so coronavirus, quarantine, this whole thing that the whole globe just experienced was I had contracts going on and they all just came to a halt. So when all my contracts came to a halt, there was this subtle moment of anxiety. It was literally a two to three day period where it was my entire family, but my wife and I were, we, we talk a lot about these types of things. So we were kind of like, what is this? Is, is this really what's happening in the world? Are we letting ourselves just kind of get taken away by fear? Um, what wants to happen here more than anything? Because if we need to face something, we need to face something. And um, in a few days, it really just developed into this needs to be Esoteric Agenda 2. And I've known that I've wanted to make sequels to each of my films. So then there'll be Chimatica 2 and then Ungrip 2. Um, and that's that wasn't an old plan. That was just something that I kind of heard ringing in my ears, like the sequel to each of these three films. Um, and then what happened was, you know, I was about to start working on a DMT project. I was about to start working on another DMT project. And I was in the middle of working on Psychedelica season two, when all of a sudden there was this window that opened up where nobody was landing contracts. Everyone was like, let's just wait to see what happens, uh, how, how this whole thing plays out. And I, I was simultaneously getting a ton of people on my feed saying that they're really scared. They don't know what's happening. They know that some of it's BS and they, they feel they want, they want more answers. And, um, and that was when I decided, you know what, I think there's a lot of people that they, they know how to go into rabbit holes and they have no plan on how to get themselves out of it because you can't conceive of what a rabbit hole is going to do to you psychologically. Mm -hmm. um, and then how, and how that psychology then filters into the way that you, you shut yourself down or maybe hide away from people. And um, mm -hmm. th there was a lot of interesting things that happened when I released Esoteric Addenda 1. And that was people started reaching out to me, opening up about their de deepest, darkest, fears and secrets mm -hmm. and i was wondering like why I, I just made a documentary like why are you coming to me and i realized that not many people are using their voice in this way they're not making art and if they're making art there was a lot of conspiracy films 2007 2008 2009 but none of them were really optimistic and for me i was like I, i've always i think felt that the clearer you can see your opponent the clearer it makes the solution. Mm -hmm. And so the more that this becomes a part of our reality, and I'm not saying every conspiracy is real. I, I, I know that there are tons of contrived ones, literally just to be rabbit holes for people to fall into. Mm -hmm. But then, then I, that's what I kept putting in my films was what, this is critical thinking. Like you shouldn't have to sit there and wonder, should I trust this piece of media? Your discernment, your heart to be able to tell you, do I resonate with what it's trying to give me? Can I wrap my head around it? And do I resonate with it? Mm -hmm. And it's that simple. So I realized that art, my art specifically, must be about power of art. And it must be about how, yes, things may seem extremely bleak when you look at it like that. But 
you know, a football player never looks at a game and they're terrified, like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do, because they train for that very moment. And I feel like when I stopped waking up 10 years ago, I was training for this moment. Mm -hmm. And not in a sense where I need to go to battle. It's more in a sense I need to make art and I need to use my voice. I need to use my creativity in a way that shows people that the solutions are within us and that there is no such thing as an external problem that is bigger than us. Mm -hmm. And that any external solution, no matter whether we're right or wrong on how grandiose and you know sinister or intelligent it might be, all that we can do is awaken. That's all we can do. So in the face of massive resistance or just personal family resistance or whatever it might be, it's all about the inner awakening. There's just an infinite amount of things that can happen in life that bring you to that awakening. So that's the story of every piece of art I've made, even the songs when I was in a band, Hyrosonic, even that music is dedicated to that very thing, you know, the awakening of consciousness and all that that, that spells out. And you had another question. Which one was it? Well, I'll remind you in a second. Now I'm inspired to say something <laughs> else. Um, because it is, the movement is humanizing the icon, which is like something I can explain more later. But we, I talk a lot about, can anything be larger than life? So this is the idea behind icon, which I don't associate with fame. It's more like, it's, it's kind of all encompassing, you know? So when you talk about, there's no problem that's bigger than us, it um, really resonates. Can you elaborate on that? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, most people's fears, they, they just never come about. And mm -hmm. so we, we, most people, when I say we, I mean most people, even the ones who research this stuff religiously, come to a point where um, the deeper you look at the fabric of reality, the less sense you can make of it in words and in language. So then when you realize, like if you've had a psychedelic experience, or just a meditative experience that defies any logic. W once you return, you try and put it into words, but the words do it no justice. It's like mm -hmm. the Tao. The eternal Tao cannot be put into words. That's just the word that represents that thing you, you can't say. Mm -hmm. So um, there's no external thing that can be bigger than us because I believe most people don't even, we can't even answer the simplest questions like, who am I? Where did I come from? What is my purpose? <laughs> yes. And what is reality? What mm -hmm. is this thing? And as much as I, I really love science for what it is, but then the institutions of science, which are people in country clubs proclaiming that what they do is science, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's a science institution versus science, the conscious uh, aspect. Mm -hmm. There's a consciousness aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Same with art, philosophy, and religion. Um, and so the way that I look at it is we like, there's no thing outside of us. Therefore there is nothing bigger than us because we are the all. Now mm -hmm. that for a lot of people that seems very fantastic. It seems very new agey, but the thing is, is new age. Um, I think the biggest problem people had with new age was that it didn't seem to acknowledge the contextual reality. It was all just about the inner reality and like whatever you think of, it'll just appear. And the thing is, is to, 
to the, the great dismay of many very skeptical people, that's like something that just, it keep, it's a thorn that keeps sticking in their side because that's not wrong. You do visualize every great invention, every great thing that has ever um, happened, ever come about was first conceptualized. So it's all actually magic, which is very similar to business, which is very similar to art. And what I mean by that is so um, in business, let's just say that the whole thing about business is first you have a vision for the business and then you have to make a plan. It's a strategy. And then part of that strategy is also the timeline. So it's the calendar. Mm -hmm. And then you need to make that big project. Now that it's written out and you can see the anatomy of it, you have to break it into action steps to implement it and to make it real, to turn it from the abstract and to make it into something that is actually here with us collectively. Mm -hmm. um, so then, so there's the vision of it. Then there's the planning of it. Then there's the executing or the organi organizing and then executing. And then there's the measuring and then there's the adapting based upon the feedback. Well, that's mm -hmm. what science is for one. That's the whole process of science. It is also any kind of business because business is following a measurable science. We, you can look at the analytics and know where your business is doing well, where it's performing poorly. And, but you, like so many people that are into the science, they forget that anything else matters because science seems to explain everything. But the thing is, is the reason why I said science is just an aspect of consciousness because science is when we receive and we, we become aware of an aspect of reality. Mm -hmm. So we're becoming aware of it. But once we become aware of something, it doesn't just sit there idly by. <laughs> the philosopher in us starts to take over and build a philosophy. Why did that happen? What does that say about reality and how things happen? What can I do about it? What is my place in that? And then religion, the word itself, um, again, there's religious institutions, which a lot of people had to push away from because there's too much dogma and then there's the aspect of consciousness that is religion the word religare is the root of that and it means to bind together kind of like uh, mr miyagi showed daniel larusso mm -hmm. how to bind that bonsai tree back together mm -hmm. that was becoming one again it's also the meaning of yoga but once like that's what religion is it's making a commitment so you receive the science you build the philosophy you commit to something in it. You're committed to the, the holy experience of transcending everything that you're giving, learning, and then you mm -hmm. transcend it. You learn and then you transcend and it's the toroid that we go through. And then, but once we commit to something, that's not the end. We gotta do it. We actually have to execute it. And this is why we call the arts things like dancing, drawing, because we're using our body. We're using something that we're channeling through us. Mm -hmm. uh, we're using our voice. We're using whatever we can. Any tool at our disposal, humans will find a way to art the shit out of it, right? Yeah. So that, that's, the, that's the final step where we are using our voice, our grand voice to say something to the world through any medium at our disposal that can get the point across and communicate. But what mm -hmm. happens when you communicate is you get feedback from the outside, from reality. And it starts the whole process back over again at science because the feedback then receives at us and that's where we adjust. So we, we've said something to the world and we get feedback, we measure it and we adjust accordingly. And then we adjust our communication skills and so our beliefs and we calibrate all these things about consciousness. 
This is the process of consciousness. So to me, there's nothing outside that. There's no problem. There's no coronavirus. There's no uh, 5G issue. There's none of these things are bigger than what is being asked of us. Mm -hmm. What's being asked of us cannot be given from the outside. It has to come from within. It does come mm -hmm. from the heart. But that's, mm -hmm. that's my rant on that. No, that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, so nothing is larger than life because this is life, like with a capital L, this cycle that you're talking about, consciousness. It could be, it could be semantics, um, and I could be wrong. These are two things that I always like hold close is um, these are what I feel, and this is the way that it, I feel it must be expressed, but I am always continually uh, amazed at how life makes a liar out of my old self. Um, and <laughs> yeah. you know what, that's, that's, that's part of the adapt, you know, I speak out and people give me feedback and I realize, oh yeah. And I adjust accordingly. And that to me is the mystery school. That's life. So is nothing larger than life? It's that it's, it could be semantics because I think every piece of art is larger than whatever life was prior to that art. Right. And the best pieces of art, not just the ones that are the most popular or the most viral, but the best pieces of art, the ones that reach into your soul the deepest, I think they do make life larger than it ever was. So whatever life is, we're not detached from it. We, you can call yourself one little piece of it, and you are. You have that identity for a while, and then you get to give that back and turn back into the, the whatever happens next. Right? But that's still so we, life, right? That's what I would call it, you know, like, again, you know, how do we, how do we qualify? Just in this conversation, and, like how we're using that word. It, yeah. Well, it well, seems how like I it's the, the word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How I, how I view life, like what is life? It is to me, it's our experience. It's just whatever we experience in this book of time. But I like George Carlin's look at it where he's like, how can you say life begins at conception or begins at birth or, didn't it yeah. start billions of years ago that's we're what all I, that's for all I the think. one thing you know mm -hmm. so like what is life and so can god transcend itself can life transcend itself can it become larger than it is or was and what is time what is space what is well then you get into larger? yeah and then you get into like everything and nothing well you can get at those philosophical paradoxical dead ends and this is why i think the but Dao is it a dead called, end like, or is it just a super expansive never end? Well, you, no, yeah, you're, you're probably more <laughs> right about that because words are communication, but a lot of the times we think that the words and, and what that is in and of itself must be the thing that we are speaking about. Mm -hmm. So you and I, we're using mouth utterances and you know bodily contractions with air running past muscle groups in order to communicate, but do we really mean this or do, does it really mean that? So this is a very nuanced thing communicating is, and that's why I believe art has to transcend a lot of the menial tools like um, words. And then somebody comes along afterwards and says, well, I'll show you something I can do with words that you've never even seen before. And then words will transcend your concept of it. Exactly. So to me, you could say in totality of all of everything, of everything that does exist, maybe nothing becomes bigger than itself. Um, but what is awakening? Does the universe awaken as we awaken? And could bigger also mean it 
wakes up to its own nature. And also that's not a plateau, but it keeps happening like that toroid, right? It keeps recycling back in on itself. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of this is getting way off into um, not even philosophical land because it, it really is, you know, bringing together all of what science has been trying to say, philosophy has been trying to say for a long time, and the language sometimes doesn't quite meet. Uh, and I think sometimes the overly analytical people, they only, um, they only believe what their rear view mirror has taught them, mm-hmm. meaning their concept of their past is proof of what the future is capable of bringing you. And I, and I think that's the trap that a lot of people find yeah, themselves in. That's, that's, that's like getting, you know, that's a comfort zone thing, I think. It's something where, um, you know, when people come to certain conclusions and they are afraid to expand beyond those conclusions, even if, you know, spiritually or unconsciously they actually are expanding, it can become quite, I think, angst-ridden for people too, because they are intuitively catching on to so much, but yet they're not allowing that to surface. And it's, that's, that's tricky, you know, definitely have my moments. Um, yeah. But I think when you talk about that, then we can get back into frequency because I, I feel like I have a sense of us as vibrational beings of, of solid matter, not really being solid and, us um, really being able to tap into different, you know, channels, so to speak, and just kind of with our emotions and our ideas and the way we move through the world, we are um, emitting so much, you know, and it really, it does cycle back and it does feed our health and our, our well-being. Like what we put out is actually what really affects how we are to ourselves and others. Um, and that's been talked about a lot in science. Um, so can you just share on a very basic level your understanding of frequency and that line that I have in my film too um, about actually the literal frequency of love and fear and how we want to be getting out of this like fear-based culture. If we can, we really are a fear-based culture, I think. I'm not saying only, but there is like a base of that you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a collective consciousness. Um, I think, you know, big data aggregators are heavily studying part of it's the stock market. And yeah, there, there's very predictable outcomes when you plug in fear-based media. Mm-hmm. Um, very predictable. People are a lot more predictable when they're in fear. So when there's any kind of you know, we want to make sure that this is how the economy looks in 10 years. This is our plan to getting us there. How do we make sure that people will say yes to that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of the times it is. It's, I mean, if you look at most media, it's, it's, it's not just fear. It's also the way we talk to one another. Mm-hmm. Have, have you noticed it's like fourth grade when you watch presidential debates? Yes. You're watching these people talk about one another. Well, you know what this candidate did last year and you know what blah 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 did and blah 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 blah. that's why because they suck you need to vote for me you know that's presidential like you you're talking about being the leader of the free world so what does that Mm -hmm. what does that really mean it's so So, elementary yeah (laughs) so So the frequency thing yeah yeah so the frequency thing is you know i try not to get too into the science um 
lingo of it because the science is already out there. The way I, the brass tacks of it is you can tell when, even when you're just looking at somebody who's in love as opposed to in fear, it's like not only is, does it affect their posture, not only does it affect their facial expression, but it affects the complexion of their skin, the tone of their voice. So there, there's really like nothing you can hide inside you. And in a way, I think when people try and hide parts of themselves from the outside world, which is really a clever way to hide it from ourselves as well, I think it shows up on your skin. It shows up in your posture. It shows up in your voice. Uh, it shows up in the way you make decisions that's revealing about what you're, you're focused on most of the time. Mm -hmm. So what frequency really is, in my understanding of it, is um, it's a manner of orienting your body. And so it's, it's not just the body, it's also the mind. But there's something about all meditation is, is first, for the most part, if you look at the ancient forms of meditation, they're always connected to movement modalities. And the movement, if you really dig into it, there's a lot of movement before meditation. Yoga, the, there's actually, at Gaia, the, um, her name was Ashley Sargent. She was the head of the yoga department there. And I interviewed her for Psychedelica, and she was telling me in that, that like, uh, I'm really into dynamic movement. I think the body is an incredibly intelligent organism that we have scarcely tapped mm -hmm. the surface of, the technology of far more than the technology that we're building right now. Um, and so I'm really in the movement and I really understand like the health of the body and the fluidity of the body and the ability for the body to be able to move functionally, but also be adaptive and playful. There's frequencies to things like play and the absence of play can be felt, especially when you're looking at somebody who they just have that in, on their face or in their structure right now. So frequency, we know it. Children know it. Plants know it. Animals know it. You know, I think rocks probably even know it. Our gut bacteria definitely knows it. And it's, it's shown by the way that it produces because of our psychological state, the way that our gut bacteria produce things like serotonin and dopamine and GABA and all these um, different feel-good chemicals. So frequency, without having to get into a heady version of it and there is a heady version that's just mind-blowing but for time's sake everything about your body already produces its own frequency heart math institute already shows that we have a heart field that projects itself outside of the physical body so when like back to the whole oneness thing there's a lot of people who say the environment it's outside of me I think that's a misappropriation of what the word me really is because I am my environment when the people in my house are not happy, I'm not happy. What does that mean? The, the boundaries, this is just one aspect of a boundary. It's a physical sense, you know, time, space oriented boundary. Um, but there's still aspects of me that are hyperdimensional, that are everywhere, that are quantum entangled to people across the globe that I've met, mm -hmm. shook hands with, probably quorum sensing from our gut bacteria. Our gut bacteria communicate amongst one another with a process called quorum sensing. I guarantee they are quantumly entangled to other people that we've mated with, right? Other people that we've talked to, been in close proximity of, anyone sneezed on us, we shook their hand, we touched a doorknob a day after they did, we are entangled in a way. Walk right? through the and same space, like just pass through the same space. 
Right. So, so then frequency, what is it? Frequency, I think a lot of people try and lift up a book that other people call science and say, this is how I'm going to understand frequency. Here's a little exercise just to understand frequency is if you were to change your breathing to four seconds in, four seconds out, just And if you were to repeat that for a minute, you will change your body's frequency. To prove that your frequency has changed uh, on, on a heady level, you'd have to go to instruments. To prove it to your own intuition, you just have to do it for a minute. That's it. Now, if you were to do four seconds in, eight seconds out, which is more of like a, they call it the whiskey, um, the, the whiskey breath. Uh, and the, the coffee breath is the, breath of fire, breath where of you're fire. really only forcing breath out by bringing your diaphragm in and, and squeezing your lungs out, because naturally they will in, in, inhale on its own. And that's called the breath of fire. They do different things to your nervous system. Four seconds in, four seconds out, brings you back into stasis. Four seconds in, eight seconds out, brings you more into a calmed, parasympathetic, far more parasympathetic state. The breath of fire is so rapid that within one minute, if you're not stopping because you're cramping up in your gut, you're going to notice that it is raising a certain vibration in you. The proof is in the pudding. You do it for a minute. You will notice that your consciousness is different. It has put more oxygen in your system. We know what oxygen does around a match, right? It definitely does it in your system where there's electricity and other chemicals and other very dynamic systems within, nested within other systems, nested within systems within us that are affected just because we choose to change our breathing. So this is how in control of our frequency we are. And that is probably the um, most practical way into our frequency, into changing our own frequency. So I don't have to explain what frequency is. We can all just do the breath and you will know it from within. Like mm -hmm. um, Plato says that education and the root word education means to draw out inner intelligence, not to shove in facts and figures that you got to memorize. And that's computing. That's programming. Real education is remembering. It's bringing what's within out because we have it. We have access to it all here with this mm -hmm. technology. And the best way about it is breath. That's the first entry point. I think most people can very easily access. Some people like meditation better. Some people like psychedelics better. Some people like extreme sports and flow states and, you know, rock climbing, um, hyperbaric chambers, mm -hmm. grappling and MMA, whatever it is, there's multiple points in, but it's the same thing that you're doing is you're aligning yourself, your body, your mind, and your presence with the it, the flow, the thing that's happening now. So why did Michael Jordan, he was making these moves that nobody could explain. And he was like, it was like, I just disappeared. And I was, my intention and the goal merged, time and space merged. It was effortless. I didn't even have to attempt to do it. I think that's the same thing that Bruce Lee was showing us when he did like the, the three inch punch and, you know, broke three boards because it's all about the nuances. So is business, so is magic, so is art. It's all about the beautiful little nuances. Um, and I think that's really where frequency lies the most. You know, there's a house, that's, the, that's the, the brick and mortar or the actual beams and the stuff. What makes it a home? 
all the little tiny nuances. And if you look at a beautiful piece of art, it changes your frequency. If you're looking at, you know, a brick wall as opposed to a beautiful, you know, canvas of a naked body or something like that, frequency changes there. So that's the best way I can explain frequency is it's something that you know to the core of your being so deeply that it's the easiest thing to tune out and forget about. And, and would you agree that it's something that we can choose to work with? It's, a, it's, a, it's like an empowerment uh, tool because it, it informs so much of our experience, how we perceive our experience, what we attract into our experience. Yeah. Right? Don't yeah, that's you? right. I, I totally agree. I mean, I think... I, so I have people contacting me now because of Esoteric Agenda 2, and some of them, mo I would say 99% of them are really inspired and really on board. And then there's a couple that they just don't think things are hopeful. They don't see any hope in the situation right now. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that like so many people would look at that and say, well, one of them is right and one of them is wrong. And this is not the case. The thing is, is that we have empowerment over our own frequency. It's a choice. So the way that we view what the world actually looks like, because there's many people looking at the world like this is a horror show. And yeah. here's what I see. I see a beautiful opportunity for grace. When things are at their darkest, naturally by its very nature, it has to produce inherent within it the most beautiful resolution to it, right? And that is, I think, the Tao. And we see the Tao and we, we constantly put it on the yin yang symbol. Um, and the Tao is the way and it's also the flow. And it's that thing that once you try and force it, you're already losing it. It's you surrender to it. And this is where I believe that our frequency is more important than most other things. So you can wrap your head around it and get very analytical and intellectual and write it all out. And you think you have it perfect. And then you go out into the world and you try and spread the message and it just doesn't land. Nobody gets it. It doesn't make sense to people. No one cares. It doesn't pass the so what test, right? And that's mm -hmm. what art is almost always doing it. Like it can be incredible, right? But the only way that it's incredible is if it passes the so what test, if it keeps your attention, if it does something to you, if it changes you on a conscious and frequency based level. So frequency is let's say at our disposal and but i i hate that way of saying it because disposal you know you think garbage disposal no it's it's there it's like sunshine it's there for us to receive you know but you could also tune yourself out to it because you're so wrapped up in your problems and your worries and when you're with your worries you're not with the solution and i think that's that to me is where this is empowering is I feel the role for the artist right now is we need to empower people through revolutionary art. And most art, so many people, they, they hate getting trolls. They hate getting people coming online and trolling them and poking holes in their theories and stuff like that. I've learned that the best way forward is, is, is not really just to tolerate it, but to love it for exactly what it is and just to see it as a form of communication. You don't have to hold it. Like the Buddha, there was this um, Vedic, you know, uh, devout um, Veda, um, 
in the practice of Vedanta that went to the Buddha and he said, you've turned my son from the practice of Vedanta into Buddhism. This is an abomination. You are a scoundrel. And he, he started throwing all these threats and nasty words at him and the Buddha stayed perfectly serene. And then when the guy was obviously done, he said, where does a gift or who does a gift belong to if the receiver doesn't accept it? And the guy said, well, the person who's trying to give it. And he said, I do not accept your gift. And that's all, that's really all it is. And I think for the most part, so many of us get so wrapped up how cleverly we've wrapped our head around the problem. Mm -hmm. And conspiracy has done that to a lot of people, has made people see the problem so much that it's like this thing around their head that they can't remove. They don't know how to get it back off. And there's no room for positivity because all their friends are like, get real, man. You know, the Illuminati is not going to let that happen. Or come on, you really think you're going to stop billionaires from their practices? And there's so much of that kind of talking and thinking that, of course, when you're only trying to see why something doesn't work, you make it not work because it's magic. We are magic. Like I said, you know, science says, explain or, you know, give me one free miracle and I'll explain everything else, right? The Big Bang, what, what was that? Where did it all come from? What is the initiating thing to all of this? If you can just give me that, then I'll explain everything else and then science owns that domain. But the problem is the whole thing is magic. The whole thing is an art project. And we disempower ourselves by thinking because I am one of 7 billion, even though that number, we haven't met 7 billion people. We just get that number thrown at us from the media and from other people. And, oh, I must be so insignificant. I'm like $1 to a 7 billion heir. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not important. But the problem is, is anyone who's ever been successful, whether it's money, whether it's fame, whether it's uh, spiritual enlightenment, it's because they've wanted it and they kept wanting it and they never stopped wanting it until it became and the only difference between those who are successful in a non-spiritual way or a, a less than spiritual way in a very spiritual way is the ones that are moving into a spiritual direction are the ones who realize I don't have any of the solid answers except for I know how I wish to treat others. I know how I wish to be treated and I know what the state of love feels like and nothing is allowed to take that from me. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about empowerment, I don't care how big the outside problems are. I'll look at them for as clearly as they are, but none of them get to make me feel anything less than in love. Nothing gets that power. Not a person, not even myself in my own mind. Nothing gets that. And sometimes I slip up for sure, but then I remember, oh, that was me. And it's always me. Whenever I slip up, it's always me. And sometimes I get caught off guard, like with a right hook by, by the cosmic you know, two by four, these unexpected things that happen in life. And then when I get caught off guard, I think, what's the most beautiful lesson I can gain from this? Because I'm still alive, I'm still drawing breath, and I'm still a creator. So what kind of solution can I bring forth? That should be empowering. And, and many people are stuck in the mud and how thick the mud is of the problem. But the thing is, is all of it is a choice. Everything you do is a choice. And the more you practice it, the more you'll realize it. And some, some would even say, fake it till you make it is a way in. It does actually help in some ways. And I would say, just remember the core principle that 
you are your own child. Treat yourself like you're your own child. You want to give it all the love and everything like that. And you don't want to force it to be anything other than what it wants to be. Like we don't tug on trees to get them out of the ground to turn them into what we want. Um, they grow naturally as long as we set up the right conditions. So we need to set the right conditions for our own awakening and then make it perpetual. It never stops because awakening is not a plateau. It's a process of cracking open the head to take in different ways of thinking until we keep cracking it open and it turns into this toroidal donut, right? We're just constantly learning and learning and learning. And I do think that's how some people live a lot longer. I think that's how some people seem like they're, they have the eyes of a 20-year-old when they're in their 80s, right? You've seen people like this. Um, that's that inner child that refuses to go away. And Steven Jepson, he's, he's an 80-year-old who is more limber and agile than most people I've ever met. And he's showing that there's ways of reversing all the degenerative diseases in the brain and in the body just by moving your body in more dynamic ways and letting it play more. This is art. This is play. This is what brings us back to life, meaning these are the elements of love and life is play. If you're not playing, it's a part of a sickness. And that's not to make people feel like they need to go wash their hands. It's a sickness that we have 100% control over because it's all a choice. Yes. <laughs> wow. Um so much. I mean, I definitely heard that resistance is an invitation when you're talking about people trolling and, and sort of that, the stickiness of, of somebody calling you out or having their opinion or projecting, um, just being able to accept that and even acknowledge it as a portal in a way like a, a just something to walk into and walk through, you know, because um, yeah. everyone's on their journey. So it's not, it's not about controlling. Like I only want people that agree with me to talk to me, you know, um, that's not even interesting. <laughs> right. No, no, that's a great way to be the same. <laughs> yeah. I want to be the same. I always want every day and every minute to be different. Exactly. And also just the, the art theme and, and how you speak about, really life as art. And I think part of what's empowering about what you explained regarding frequency is that you don't have to identify as an artist in society. We are actually all artists. Um, yeah. We are all getting to be creators of our perception and experience. And I think that the problems do seem iconic in a way. They do seem larger than life. And I still don't see how that's possible. So I agree with you, at least where we're sitting right now, maybe in a hundred years, we're talking again and we're like, Oh, that was, that was bullshit. <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, yeah. But if everybody, whether politically or in our position or any position feels like there's someone or something to blame, for their circumstances or their issues, then how would we as a collective get anywhere? And that's where you get to realize you are meaningful as one being. Because if you're able to take back your power 
and understand you're, you're able to work fluidly with your frequency and start to shift your perspective here and there and where you want to. You, not only can you attract different circumstances, but you'll start to see the challenging circumstances differently. You can start to see them as invitations to grow rather than the world's against me. Hmm. You know, so how does, and this might just be super cliche at this point, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So how does like Corona or 5G or these things coming up work in, in that construct? Like what do they represent um, to you, just to you symbolically? Yeah, good question. They, they definitely represent a need to look deeper because mm -hmm. Um, the more I research what 5G is, the more I realize that I'm reading a lot of stuff that's been fabricated. I know it. And there's probably a lot that's been fabricated on either side of the is it good, is it bad debate. Yes, no. And it's a very binary way of looking at it because that's also when people are too focused on a specific debate, yes or no, they're not looking at the world of other influences or they're not as open to it. Um, so I think the way that 5G and the coronavirus and quarantine and this coming decade, I, I've, I've been speaking a lot about this coming decade, 2020 to 2030, because um, I don't do this often. I don't make predictions. And I'm not even going to call what I'm going to say a prediction, more so I feel something is so, like when I keep hearing this thing about the decade leading up to 2030, I know there's something world wide that happens it does involve the the entire world but it does also involve 5g and all 5g is is technology um expanding its reach and influence so most people like 1g was the brick phones 2g 3g smartphones 4g is the better smartphones 5g is coming and it's it's just about everywhere now, but it's not as everywhere as it could be and probably will be unless something drastic changes. I know that in Connecticut, I think an entire town or municipality or something is keeping all 5G out of there. And that was a big success mm -hmm. for them. And I, I try not to focus on, well, it's probably bad for you. I try not to focus on that because I, I'm well aware of EMFs. I'm well aware of EMFs because I read a lot about it and those words are from somebody else. But to be perfectly honest, I know some people say they can hear it and feel it. And yes, when I touch my computer, I can feel that. So I know there's got to be some effect. We are beings of frequency. 5G is in the upper high bandwidth of 5G, which is where the danger, um, as people say, really lies. That's like 20 to 80 gigahertz um, or all the way up to 100 gigahertz. Um, and beam forming technology, which is instead of just a beacon of resonance and frequency going everywhere, now it's like a laser beam. It's an invisible laser beam that is from the satellites and from those little shoe, shoe box size uh, antennas hooked up on buildings, on light poles, on existing poles. Um, all of them are beam forming frequency directly at you. And so I won't get into everything that I said about frequency in the film, but these things can't be neutral. They can't be neutral. But I also think that the way that I look at them is 
I need to look deeper at it. I need to keep looking at it, but I need to remain open because if I just go into this whole research of 5G and coronavirus, but really coronavirus quickly just threw me at, this isn't about the coronavirus, this is about 5G. This is really about 5G. And I'm not saying 5G is causing coronavirus. I'm saying there's a lot of talk about these two things at the same time. And there's a global economic shutdown. There's been over 20 million jobs lost in the US alone. There's over 38 million people going for unemployment. Mm -hmm. This has changed the frequency of millions and millions and millions of people's lives. Mm -hmm. Billions, really. So this event that we're dealing with right now is now going to Africa and there's US and China that's building up massive 5G infrastructure. There's no way 5G is not a part of everyone on earth's reality already, but it's not just frequency. It's also surveillance. It's also being seen by something that's not even just a human. Cause we know that like the a human observer, at least as far as we know, it's just human or maybe even animal observers change quantum phenomena by our expectations. We change quantum phenomena. That's when we're observing things. But when we're being observed, Rupert Sheldrake has shown that the same thing happens. We have an effect inside of us when somebody is watching us, even if it's on closed caption TV and it's not even connected, right? It's only connected wirelessly. But what about when supercomputers and quantum computers are observing us and pattern recognizing our face, even if we have a mask on, it knows who we are. It knows who we are by the way we walk. It knows who we are by the way we talk. Um, there's very interesting things coming in the near future that I don't think the majority of the population can even wrap their heads around. So to me, what all of that means is let's, let's look at what's actually happening, but it does not, it, all of it deserves our attention. None of it deserves our fear. Is, is the main thing. Because when I look at most people talking about coronavirus, 99% fear. Most people talking about 5G, 70% fear. I think there's a lot of people super excited about it. I say, do the paradoxical thing and hold as many viewpoints as you can. It doesn't matter. It's really what will resonate will resonate and you will simply relegare. You will commit to that. That is just the way that I believe that it is. We know what, what our path is. And when we come to know it so clearly, there's nothing that'll get in our way of, of moving in it. So I think we need to wake people up that the world is changing in the next years, but we don't need to spook them. And we don't need to start that process off on the wrong note. If you know music, you know, or a joke, if you start it and it's a blunder and you kind of trip over it at first, it kind of does leave a stain on the rest of it. You know, you can recover, but it kind of doesn't leave the same. So our art needs to inspire people to realize there's more going on than we understand. And that's actually the, the very same key that unlocks any kind of awakening process. There's something going on we don't quite understand yet. That's why we need to keep open and keep opening and keep learning, keep observing, stay neutral to good, bad. Those are primitive. Put them down, let them be what they are, keep watching, but your heart will tell you, do this, do that. And it's super simple. You don't have to question that once you know it. Um, but it takes practice to know the difference between the voice of your heart and the voice of that ego and that, that uh, mm -hmm. self-proclaiming ruler inside of us. So that's, if, did that touch upon what you were asking? Yeah, and, and also just, I think, this, I think this relates to just how we talked about our own 
frequency within our bodies. I mean, it's interesting because can we like evolve and, and expand to, you know, beyond 5G, you know what I mean? It's, it's, we're talking about, we are frequency, it is frequency. So we're the same. And if we think of it as poison, but it's something we created, we're creating poison then. Yeah. And we can kind of, I think, like expand with it or beyond it, um, maybe to the point where we don't need it, you know, or, or think yes. we need it. You know, I think that, you know, and I really appreciate you bringing up that point because again, this is, I don't believe any problem is larger than us. Mm -hmm. However, and this is the big, however, steps must be taken to get mm -hmm. to the point where we can transcend it. Um, it's going to take more than we ever realized we would have to give. That seems to also be the nature of learning. Mm -hmm. We did, we never realized we had that much power in us until we had to, and then we unleashed it and we're like, holy mm -hmm. shit. So then that becomes the, the basement floor of the rest of your life instead of the, the glass ceiling that you can't seem to get beyond. That's the point of growing and learning and, and also recognizing that you'll have these peak moments, but they're always followed by lows. And those lows, if you use them as recovery points, we can ride this wave no matter what it is. And we can ride it in probably next to perfect health. Because I also believe that what, what is perfect health, it's that is always changing based upon what the new world stressor is. Mm -hmm. We're always adapting. There's always this virus, this thing that a perfectly harmonious thing is turning over. Even songs, good blues songs that come from the soul. It's not about nothing. It's about this thing that's being like, you know, the soul is pouring itself out. And, you know, you do medicine experience and it wants to vocalize itself. It wants to move itself through your body. It, it turns mm -hmm. into thoughts. It turns into emotions. It turns into guilt. And then it turns into great redemption if you let it. So yes, we can transcend all that this is. Move with it, um, yeah. Move with it, learn from it, and recognize that the only thing that has ever been happening, like George Carlin said, life began way back then. The same thing is happening. It's the same pattern. Growth, same pattern. adaptation, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's through rest and activity, rest, activity, but it's always fluxing. It's always changing. And as long as we come to realize that it's the sedentary lifestyle sitting down too much and also the sedentary mind not turning over our patterns, cracking them open, trying new things, that leads to the degeneration of our mind and our body. I'm convinced of it. You know? And as I do body work and as I do movement, I've seen and felt and experienced emotional and physiological trauma completely turning itself back around in a way that liberates a part of my wholeness, mm -hmm. my holistic being that I, could, I couldn't have imagined, but I remembered that feeling before the trauma. I remembered mm -hmm. that feeling before the dysfunctional thing took hold. So the choice is always ours. We are always able to overcome whatever it is because it is us. Yeah. It is asking us to awaken. And everything that it becomes, 5G, coronavirus, AI, part of the planet exploding, whatever, we overcome. We overcome because the we is not a uh, multiplicity. It really is a unanimous singular thing. And mm -hmm. once we come to a better understanding of 
We're not all particles. We're all a wave that's connected. And in that, every single solution that is available is also ours. Every mm -hmm. single resource that is available is our, also ours. So mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that since I know that, I can just stop there being drilling and fracking and, and pumping oil and polluting and stuff like that. Steps must be taken. And this is, we are in a matrix. We are in a collective reality. And when I receive it in here into this dark matter in here, I come up with an electronic representation of it. And we call that mind or part of our consciousness. But really, it's all a play. It's all mirrors showing all us play. the same thing in a multiplicity of ways, but the one thing. We're going to get the, kicked. The only thing is awaken. And we're going to get we're kicked, off. kicked off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll say goodbye to Instagram, but we'll, we'll wrap up on Facebook. All right, everyone. Sorry, Thank I wasn't you so looking much. at you guys. <laughs> it's a nice profile. Nice love. <laughs> Bye. All right. All right. So that was amazing. I could. Ooh, we could now go we need on. to turn the volume like, up. I could talk for a day with you. It's fascinating and awesome. Um, Chelio, can you tell us about your art is <laughs> pretty wild when he was talking mm. about plants i looked at your piece uh, and i was like oh this is cool yes today it's coming very strange work <laughs> i think <laughs> wow i think it's human cell with uh, all human energy and then mix up the people inside but when i stand up I saw uh, oh. becoming other things, becoming other persons, mm. becoming other. <laughs> so, like yeah. Oh my god! Uh, I I don't know, but uh, I feel the energy about today. I I only work on this, and then we are part of the universe. Mm -mm and uh, we are one cell one cell visible but inside this cell we are composition to the many person and mm. then everybody inside have thousand billion persons because dna is mm -hmm. composition of many energy different and then i think the skin, brain, the blood have memory inside. Oh yeah. When we smell something and we recognize is because maybe two hundred years ago passing this time. This oh time. <laughs> that's good, Kellyo. This is <laughs> I don't know, it's my is my point of view. And uh, Stuart, I don't know what kind. No <laughs> you can't hear you, Ben. Point oh, no. of view because I love what you say. I don't follow because when I drawing, I am in totally catharsis, and then I, I perceive, I perceive the vibrate, the vibration, you know, and my hand starts to be fast, and then I don't know what I do, and uh, <laughs> you know, is uh, another mystery of life, but. I, I'd like to listen your uh, voice about this ball of 
NFG. Mm. You would like to listen his to his voice about the energy. Yes, a, a steward voice. A steward voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. cool, Chelio. Can you hear me? Can yeah, I, we can hear you yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I see so much detail in it. You know, what's interesting is part of it reminds me of this little, the dryer ball. Um, you throw it in the dryer and it, um, I think it takes lint away or it's, it's kind of like a, it's something like that, but it's this beautiful ball that my twin boys play with. Oh. And it's reminding me of it because that little strand that seems to be being plucked from it, or maybe that it all originated from, um, it, it was what my boys were doing with this ball. They were pulling on the hairs to pull it out. Um, oh, so, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. But there's so much detail in it, and I can see faces. I can see somebody on a guitar uh, play, playing a guitar, kind of weird rock leg stance, and maybe even a microphone in front it's of their It's so intense. <laughs> it's, it's like pretty crazy, that thing. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Crazy. Different point of view is very important because we are freedom and then it's like I don't put never mind my title on my work because I I leave people free. From, he doesn't title his work oh, so people yeah. can interpret. Yeah. Yes, freedom. Mm. Okay. Thank you, Chelio. Thank you very much. Thank you, you. Um, let me see what's I love the discussion on Facebook. Um, all right, I oh, okay, I'm gonna go off Facebook Live. Right. All right, bye, people. I don't know who's there, but I'm going. Bye, off. Bye, bye. Okay. All right, I uh, thank you, Ben. That was so fun. That was fun. Yeah, and thank you for your questions. They were insightful, and they were also. Um, I love, I love the challenges and the outside the box thinking, um, on the, like the words that were being used and also, um, kind of the, the whole larger than life thing. Oh yeah. Uh, very interesting. It, was, it brought on some really out there questions, but I felt like we tracked well and we kept it, we kept it relatively to the point and that was nice. Yeah. And it's good to be nonlinear, you know, just kind of yeah. roll, but yeah, I felt it was really, it was really good. And I enjoyed it, though. Um, I've been pounding water, and I kind of have to pee here soon. Okay. Well, let me so, turn off the recording. And um, I'll say <laughs> bye. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This